0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Dudes and Drinks podcast. I am here with Brad, Larry, and Anthony. And today we are talking about our dislikes with the current 5e system. And uh, some improvements we wouldn't mind making, especially in our own home games. Before we get into that though, uh, what is everyone drinking tonight?
1: I'll start. I am drinking a wine tonight. It's called Big Magic Heritage. Nice. It's a red. Nice. nice. What kind of red? Cabernet? Pinot? Pinot Noir.
2: Ah, yes. An intellectual.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A scholar and a king. All right.
3: So I (laughs) am drinking. Um, Right now I'm drinking an IPA. Um, It's a local one from uh, Erie Brewing Company. It is the Misery Bay IPA. It's pretty good fairly hoppy um but once i finish with this i might move also move over to wine because i have a bottle that needs drunk <laughs> so um and that is going to be a um a bola wine and it's going to be a carbonate sauvignon
2: oh I, do i have you turned on to the ipas No, I just have a fucking
3: unnecessary amount of them in my fridge. So I started drinking them. And surprisingly, this is actually one of the IPAs that I've actually enjoyed. Other than, like, what we talked about last intro or last podcast. But that actually might be the next podcast depending on when we release these. So it's going to be a little bit of a time confuffle there. But, um, uh, yeah, other than the Sour Monkey IPAs. um, Monkey. I, I do like the Misery Bay. I, I need to try some more RPAs. It's just some are I can't drink.
2: I could give you plenty of suggestions. Yeah, well,
3: As let me I. let me drink through my <laughs> stockpile first. Which
2: reminds me, Tyler, last time I drank a Sparkle Puff, and I was disappointed because you weren't here. Uh, you like, you, went, well, you was, went and bought Sparkle Puff. Yeah, I got a single. It was like five bucks from Duffy's. Yeah, it was dude. worth every penny. It's
0: so good, such a good drink. It really is. So, uh, flying monkey. If you're hearing this, uh, uh, email us. E- yeah, <laughs> email us. We love <laughs> sponsors. We love your beer. <laughs> yeah, Sparkle Buff, easily one of the best IPAs, but email us. All right. Um, I am drinking a Guinness, per usual. I was not able to go out and buy my good IPAs uh, recently, so I'm just sticking with good old Guinness I have in the fridge.
2: Cool. I am drinking, so there, you guys know that, the one bottle that's been in our mini fridge for, like, months now. I don't know when it showed up, but I'm finally drinking it. It's a Weiss beer. Um, I'm gonna butcher the name even though I'm German. Franziskaner, I think? But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a white beer, but it's interesting because the actual color of it is a very dark brown. But, it tastes pretty good. First. Alright. Brewed in uh, Munich, by the way.
0: Hmm. Fuck Munich.
2: Whoa. <laughs> Germany's much right. better now, Tyler.
0: Yes. Alright. On to dislikes. We got number one Rogues and yeah, their yeah.
2: stealth mechanics. Get this one out of the way first. <laughs> Who wants to start? <laughs>
3: uh, I can start. So, Rogues, right? Um, completely busted. Like, yeah. there are some aspects of rogues that are good, and I enjoy, but other parts that I just, they're just busted.
2: So, personally, I love the skill monkey aspect of rogues, because I just love stacking skills, I think that's one of the best parts of D&D. Uh, But the whole sneak attack mechanic... Actually, sneak attack's not terribly bad. It can be. Mm, But just... I think the worst part is the stealth mechanic. And this just... It's not necessarily rogues, but it shines through on rogues because they're, like, the ones who do the most stealthing for the sneak attack. And stealth is just super busted in D&D. 5e, at least.
1: Why do you think that? Why, Why do you think it's busted?
2: Well, it all started when the PCs want to hide behind nothing. Oh. And yeah, they think they can do that. They think cuz you know everything else in D&D you can just roll and if you roll high enough the thing happens. Usually. Like there are certain times where that's not the case. But I think that's the biggest problem with stealth is people think, "Oh, I rolled a 20 on stealth, so I'm hidden." But like it's I don't think it's explicitly said in the rules, which I think is another problem with stealth, but somewhere it specifies you pretty much have to hide behind something. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know if it comes out and says this, but it is heavily implied because of the way that like halflings work, they get advantage on like stealth checks in certain terrain. Well, well they they they, 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 in... they
0: they have the ability to stealth behind other players, like larger creatures. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. And which so...
2: implies you need to stealth behind something.
3: Exactly. Like you can't just be like, I stealth, and it's like, where do you stealth? What do you stealth behind? I I I I, roll, I, roll, I rolled a twenty eight, I'm stealthed and I'm like, where, what are you stealth behind? And like well, like you said, like players just assume that if they roll high enough, they should just automatically be stealthed. Whereas it's yes, this game is filled with magic and wonders and dragons and resurrections. You can't just hide in plain sight. Unless you cast a spell, hide in plain sight. <laughs> like, it's like Skyrim
1: logic, There's a man. reason
3: why... I mean, even in Skyrim, you can't just
1: stealth right in front of someone. You still have well, to be at least somewhat of so, You definitely can. Like, I kind of want to take this discussion two steps back, one step at a time. So, first thing, specifically on hiding, right? Um, whenever a player hides, right? They're not saying... I'm going to hide, and then they roll a dice, right? The, I think it should be, and intended to be, the player says, I am going to move behind that rock and attempt to hide, right? And then the DM says, okay, now you roll the stealth check. And that's right? what I should can, happen. I think the problem starts with the players just want to roll their stealth check
4: yeah, for no yeah. reason. They're just like, that's well, I'm exactly just going to stealth and
1: roll my dice. Like, no, you tell the DM what you're doing, and then the DM will tell you when to make a check. Exactly. Like, um, I, I
3: have had happen in the past where I, I watched someone roll their dice and then look at me and go, I rolled the hide. I got a blank. And no, you, you're you not supposed to roll unless the DM explicitly directs you to, you can't yeah. roll a dice and say, Ooh, Hey, them. I rolled a stealth check and this is what I got. And like, and yeah, I, I have, I've, I've adjusted it right then and there. Um, but like it's it's an issue. It, it shouldn't happen <clears throat> and that's it, like you said, the DM should address it and it like you said, the DM should address it and they it is partly on them, but it's also on the players like players just, I guess that's something also that we need to co- that you would need to cover in session zero. but I feel like you shouldn't need a cover and that should just be like common sense almost. yeah so
2: real quick. To Brad's point, uh, I think the knowing the environment and looking for something to hide behind is like it works twofold. It it gives them something to hide behind, but it also encourages both the DM and the player to think more about the environment. And I think we've said this before in the Tasha's series. Uh, environmental factors are like severely misused, or not misused. They're not used enough. And I think like if you enforce that idea that you need to hide behind something, players will more seek out environmental factors they can take advantage of. Yeah,
4: like so play, that's play, like, play. we don't have
2: any likes on this list here, but I, I wanted to point that one out, because that's a like I have that we need to do more of. So I would well, say that, almost I
1: think it's influence. on the DM's responsibility to include stuff like that, to allow your rogue or whatever to take advantage of stealth. Yeah. However, yeah, if the players start getting into situations where stealth isn't a viable tactic, well, that's on them. You know, if they want to go engage the goblins in the middle of a big open field with nowhere to hide, like, it's not... Maybe you shouldn't add some rocks. You know, maybe they should be a little bit more careful about how they approach the fight.
2: Yeah, I don't think you should really ever add anything unless you absolutely need to. Um, but... Yeah. Like, you, I wouldn't say add a rock. I'd say if it's an yeah. open field, like you said, it's just an open field.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's... I think it's really important that um that if it, it does happen then the dm addresses it immediately and make sure everybody's on the same page but also i think it's good to uh kind of get the rogue to ask um it, like if the d if the if the rogue's like i want to hide and then i say where right and then they they ask me back where can i like I, like 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 what's around me or maybe before the rogue even, even says, like, wants to hide, maybe he looks at the DM and's like, hey, DM, what's around me right now? Like, are there trees around me? Are there rocks around me? Um, you know, is there anything around me at all? And then the DM can reply, yeah, you have, a tree, you have a tree five feet off the road to the left or 10 feet off the road. And the rogue's like, sweet, I'm going to dash to that and hide behind it, kind of thing. You know, I think there needs to be a more open communication flow about that. There's an understanding that there needs to be an object between you and who you're hiding from.
2: Um, yeah, and that kind of ties into level design, too. We talk about that briefly a lot in our past episodes, and I think we can get a full episode out of just level design. Um, Sneak attack. Sneak attack.
0: boss. What the fuck is up with this ability? I like mm. sneak attack, but
1: it needs to... It, it has...
0: Okay. It needs a different
1: name. Yeah, I... <laughs> a lot of people refer to it as advantageous attack, because it applies more whenever you have the upper hand in combat. Yes.
0: Yeah. Whereas, whereas it's
3: sneak attack... Wait, hold on. Sorry. It's, I think we're getting a little confused. Actually, no. So, there's... They, yeah, so sneak attack should be renamed to advantageous attack. And the other one what is it? The surprise or whatever, where if you, if you go before <laughs> someone else has in the combat range, like first time you get yeah, like advantage run. or something, or you get additional stuff. That, on that's
1: it. a surprise. It's an additional brand. turn. Yeah. Which it's makes it
3: a totally I different think, mechanic. I think that makes perfect sense. That, that, that shouldn't be so a cool. surprise. Like, like I think the surprise, people think sneak, the sneak and surprise, like that one should be labeled as either surprise or sneak. And the other one should be advantageous attack. Um,
1: Uh, Yeah,
2: sneak it, because I was confused by that for the longest time. I thought you had to be stealth to get a sneak attack. No, no, you just need need advantage advantage. on your attack roll.
1: Only rogues can sneak attack, by the way. Yeah.
4: Yes. 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 Only Only rogues can sneak attack. Everybody
1: can get a surprise round. Well, uh, okay, so a surprise round isn't really a thing either. Uh, It's actually the people who are unaware that combat is about to start get a condition called surprised, which means that they can't act until somebody else has acted or whatever. So... The Pe- surprise round isn't really a thing either, so there's some misconception going on there. It's the surprised condition.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but so the thing I'm talking yeah, about is round where,
2: essentially grants a free round of combat, which is yeah. why it's like misnomered. It, it's like it's
4: that. literally skip a turn.
0: It's literally skip a turn. Anybody that has a surprise condition has a skip it, a turn.
3: It, it's getting the skip card, and you know, it's get. Fuck oh, me, I just had a goddamn stroke. It's getting, it is getting the skipped card in. It.
0: You know, you yes. know, not you know. What the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, maybe you shouldn't go to wine after. Oh. <laughs> um. So uh, <laughs> fuck it. So, yeah. So sneak attack needs to have a different name because why would somebody get sneak attack if there's a if there's another creature nearby, or uh, like if they would get sneak attack if you if um like flanking or uh, pr- anything it gives you advantage like it, like, the, like the player could be uh, like grappled staring right at the rogue and the rogue still gets a sneak attack even though they're yep. grappled staring right at them it's still called sneak attack even yep. though they're it's, not it's being not stealthy a it's, a it, yeah. it's just it's just like a, it's just a or stealth just adv- advantage yeah it's just um, an advantage attack it's so no,
1: swashbuckler sneak. rogues for example uh, they basically don't stealth at all but they can nah. still get their sneak attack from you know various other conditions,
2: they can sneak attack in a duel. They don't even need to have advantage. Exactly, Flanking exactly. bonus. It's insane. You're not
1: sneaking. Oh. It's just an advantage, which I think yeah,
2: is right. kind of cool. So, like
0: like like the the, the the second half of sneak attack. So the first half is you get you get an adv- you, you you get you deal more damage when you have advantage on the roll. And then, it, and then you get advantage on the roll when you have a player within five feet. It doesn't have to be flanking. It's just within five yeah. feet. Yeah. It could be right next to you. The, the monster could be staring at your buddy five feet to your left and still get a sneak attack from you. It's just a dumb wording. Yeah, yeah, I'm
3: fine with a sneak attack mechanic.
0: They just need to rename it to something
3: else, I think. Because So
2: my biggest... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was
3: going to say, because I think the biggest problem with sneak attack is its name, and people have this kind of misconception about it. And like like Tyler just said, like you could be right in front of the enemy, and it still get a sneak attack. Whereas it really should just be called advantageous attack, or some yeah, or, yeah. or 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 something.
0: I think sneak attack, no, attack literally, is literally just anything. advantageous attack because you only get it when you have advantage.
3: Yeah. But
2: advantageous
1: is a big word.
2: Well, and you get you get because
3: because you. Yeah, and you get advantage whenever you like. Once you if you're attacking while stealth, you
2: get advantage, right?
3: Or don't even call um, it anything.
2: Just add your extra dice to it. You know. What? Like, you don't even have to call it a sneak attack because all you're doing, all the sneak attack means, is you add your extra damage dice as a rogue.
0: Well, well, the the reason they have it as an actual feat with a name is so that the DM and player can communicate what's actually happening more effectively. That's fair. So both of them I can it, refer to one section of the book with one title in one description to to discuss ruling. So that, that's why yeah. it exists. And honestly, like this
3: isn't a huge issue. This is just some. This is just us really nitpicking. It's just confusing like. for players.
0: So it is kind of confusing. Okay, my biggest
2: my biggest issue with it, Swashbuckler, right, is one of my favorite subclasses. Not just rogue, but like across the board. I, I think they're so cool at how they can get advantage in like they're this duelist they can get advantage on a one-on-one but when you have a big enough party every rogue is basically a swashbuckler in the sense that they get advantage it, under normal circumstances Not we don't right. play it this way and we'll get into that but under normal circumstances uh, you're going to get advantage which means you're going to get your sneak attack which kind of takes away from the whole swashbuckler thing Yeah. which I, I think it's kind of dumb um,
0: I, think, I think the swashbuckler one's really situational because the swashbuckler also gets advantage, so you're you're saying that like under normal conditions, if we have a paladin and a rogue, typically the paladin or cleric are going to be one on, are going to be up yeah. into the bad guy within. Somebody's going to be in melee. Yeah, like a fighter is going to be within five feet of the bad guy, and then the mm-hmm. the rogue swashbuckler or not will always get sneak attack. I think the reason why the
3: swashbuckler like subclass gets the automatic stuff, um, or I'm. Just, saying generically because I don't feel like going in fucking like, details. But anyway, I think the reason why they get the sneak attack even though they're one-on-one or sorry, advantageous attack when they're one-on-one is because in the namesake, like a swashbuckler yeah. is a pirate, someone on a ship.
2: Right. A lot of the times saying, whenever they fight thing.
3: it's not it's, it's, sure, you have an entire crew that you're fighting with but as a pirate you're fighting an entire another crew. So that's a lot of uh, one-on-one the kind of combat going on there. So that's yeah. where I think that comes
0: from. And it
3: just... No, yeah, no, I, I, we're I, on the I same think, cage yeah, as far I as agree yeah.
0: I agree. I, I think it's just that we haven't had the experience of fighting a lot of enemies at the same time over one big, like, one monster. Like, sure. we, we, we don't fight, like, 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 fighting bandits, for example. If we run into a bandit camp and there's six of us and eight of them, you're probably going to be fighting one-on-one at some point in the fight. So you're going to have an advantage on that fight.
2: Yeah, all I mean, my point was just the rogue tends to always have the ability to get a sneak attack, Um, so in that case, the only thing that would set the swashbuckler apart is that they can engage a different target and get sneak damage, which is still very good.
1: Which is perfect. So I kind of don't actually mind a rogue getting a sneak attack nearly every round, because that's kind of how they're balanced. That's their whole thing. Like, their damage and kit is just built around getting that sneak attack. Mm -hmm. So... I don't uh, I don't think they should have to work too hard for it. Now, mm-hmm. I do think they should really be focusing around maybe some strategic positioning, mm-hmm. especially in the phase of switching between one enemy to the next. Um, but whenever they're just, like, 1v1ing an enemy, I think it's okay that they get sneak attack nearly every turn, assuming that somebody else is fighting it. Like, yeah, I, I actually I think that's pretty fair and balanced. Uh, sneak mm-hmm. attack damage is really cool, but, like, that's really all they got going for them once, like, the heat of combat starts, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure.
1: Like, they're like that pre-combat, you know, melee DPS. And then as soon as combat starts, they just kind of, like, set up sneak attack and execute it. And they just do that over and over and over. That's all they got going for them. So I think it's okay that it's relatively easy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I just have a soft spot for swashbucklers. I I mean, swashbucklers.
1: Mean, like I said, swashbucklers, swashbucklers are really good whenever you're actually fighting groups of enemies, not just one enemy. Swashbucklers yeah. are good just fighting in melee combat, period, because they can get sneak attack always. Yeah. Essentially. which is That's their thing, though. That's their thing.
2: Yeah. Um, Before we move on from rogues, uh, I think an interesting subclass just popped into my head is a swashbuckler battlemaster hybrid. I think that could be interesting. Because you mentioned the battlefield positioning and all that. I think that would complement a swashbuckler really well.
0: Like like, like a captain? Like a ship captain?
3: Yeah. Write it down, Larry. Write it down and we'll do another episode on it.
1: Yay!
3: I really, I, this is kind of a tangent, and again, this is gonna be weird if the our podcast we recorded the other day comes out after this one. But I really, really enjoy the uh, "Let's Build a Subclass." That was that that got me like hyped. I mean, I, I play I play Warlock, so it doesn't really say much. But you, the fact that you too, who uh, Brad and Larry, who don't really play Warlocks, said after that episode, I kind of want to play a Warlock now with this subclass kind of gets me excited to start doing other like, other subclasses and stuff like that
2: that is like dragons man <laughs> it's just yeah
3: sorry tangent on our tangent episode
2: Wee. so yeah the, I mean let's get them out now yeah
3: so uh rogues um do we have anything else that we kind of want to hammer on them about or do we want to move on to our something else on our list
2: I don't know um, I feel like the love and the hate they get cancel each other out yeah and they're yeah. they're just rogues I'm okay
0: mm-hmm. with the rest of them okay Cool. Um, so, all uh. Alright, flanking. Don't do it. Alright. Busted. Uh, <laughs> we don't do no, no, it. No, 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 no. You shouldn't either. Done. Let's
2: let's Like, let's this kind of goes go. in the swashbuckler. Th- I won't harp on this, but this kind of goes with the swashbuckler thing and the rogue thing. Uh. A big enough party is gonna have a flanking bonus on every enemy they're engaged with if you play right. And it's just. The only way to balance it is to throw more enemies or better enemies at the players, and I just think. That's kind of funny. Yeah, like, like, not you, you should
0: not be balancing
1: your enemies around it, uh, like that mechanic. Yeah, it's not. Um... Ba- basically, you get advantage all the time on every attack, yeah. and that's just that's that's very powerful.
3: It's that, insanity. That also had that also comes down to like your party kind of uh, mark makeup, right? Like if no, the no, party really. doesn't have a whole lot of melee characters. And you're not going to get that flanking advantage a lot.
2: Oh, dude! All you need is two me- good melee characters to fuck shit up.
3: Yeah, but like, I, I
2: they could I, burst down a I I I had a like, uh, the idea
3: rounds. of flanking makes sense to me, but giving you advantage that I think is what. So, can we agree that the idea of being surrounded by enemies gives you some gives you a disadvantage? Can we agree on that? Yeah. Like the disadvantage, not as yeah. dice, but just a disadvantage in general. Can we agree on that? So I would like. like, like I technically would say that. You so, have a disadvantage. Yeah. So I, I think the what needs to happen here or doesn't need to happen, but what can happen with DMs doing like home uh, house rules and homebrew rules and stuff like that is take the flanking concept, keep the concept, but change the, the effect. The effect, like give either give the flanked creature a negative to their AC, like a negative one or negative two or something like that, or mm-hmm. um give them give the players
0: additional damage like a plus one or plus two to their damage die when they roll with their are them I I I've personally added one to their attack rolls. I've allowed them okay. to add plus one to their attack rolls. Which is pretty much added, the like, exact two. same of a minus one to the creature's AC.
3: Yeah.
2: So, yeah, so I like you said uh, advantage or not advantage flanking makes perfect sense if you're m- in melee with two players or two enemies and... You you can't fight them both like unless you're like some John Wick character which is totally unrealistic, uh, but anyway. Okay. You, Interesting uh, idea. There has to, to be on. some sort of thing that happens. I think the problem is that advantage tends to be very fucking good in D and D. It is.
1: I think it's equivalent equivalent to like a plus five. It I think, is. like statistically. Yeah. It ends statistically, it's plus
0: a plus five. So.
3: Yeah. If you average it out. What about this? Now this may get busted because people can meta game and kind of like really fuck this up. But like you said, usually a party really only consists of, like, two good melee characters, maybe three. But what if the hmm. enemy that's getting flanked has a minus one to AC for each flanking pair? So if two people are flanking him, he gets a minus one. If four people are that's flanking cool, him, cool. that's minus two. Because the more surrounded you are, the more fucked you are. And But the thing, the, like the that, negative yeah. side of that is once you run out of melee characters to flank and you start flanking them with your, your squishies, they're going to get fucking
0: killed quickly. And yeah, so. which is which, which is going to run into the issue of people building like the reason I don't do flanking at all. I, I've just done plus one in the past because I don't want it to be incentive for you to build your character around it. Yeah, like I, I've I've had it be advantage for the first party I DM'd, and they are a fr- they were a fresh party, never played D and D before. Like I didn't play D. This is the first DM session I've ever done. Right, we get to the boss at the end of the dungeon. Very first session I've ever DM'd. Very first session they've ever played. All four of them, including the including a uh a um uh they had a druid including a druid and a uh rogue all just jumped on the bad guy across from each other there were four of them and they they literally just double flanked and four times uh advantaged my boss down like the boss <laughs> of the dungeon down very first 2 hour session like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so like I don't want people to build like I the reason I don't like doing it is because I don't want people to build their characters oh, or wow. think about it like 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 actively think about it while making characters or talking to other characters outside of combat or um so like I think it should just be like a like a occurrence that happens yeah you know like kind of yeah. Like it's it's it can weird. Be
2: exploited. Like I don't and want you'd... people
0: to exploit it, but I still want people to think about it. But not in the sense of exploiting it by building their character around it. That, so and that I feel like yeah. this kind of comes down to like
3: a session zero. Like I, I like I. It's kind of sorry. I started a little bit there. Um, this may be a little conceited because I came up with it, but I really like the idea. of The minus one to the AC for each like pair you have, but and then like you said, you kind of gonna might run into the issue of someone or the players kind of metagaming and building their character around that kind of idea. So, what if... Um, okay, so there's a few ways you can go around this. One, I think in your session zero, you should specify that you do not want any kind of... You don't want that... You don't want people building their character for that reason, to flank. Like, right. I think Some you should kind of specify design. that. And also, another way to like mitigate it is... For new players who are, you might be worried about them, like metagaming, because um, with more experienced players, with more experienced players who aren't, for lack of a better term, dicks, <laughs> you can count <laughs> on them to not meta game and make their characters for flanking and like for that purpose and like power game. Like you can rely on those veteran character players to do that. Whereas new, newer characters, you can't because new characters sometimes get caught up in like the, this is new, D&D, let's kill things and stuff like that. So they may like get, try and get every advantage as possible. You can explain to those new characters or sorry, new players then that, hey, when you flank an enemy, you will get some sort of advantage. I'm not going to tell you what, but just know by flanking an enemy, you get a benefit. And just explain that to them. Don't explain the benefit to them. Just explain that there is a benefit, and then just behind the scenes, add that negative number to their AC for each number, each pair
1: flanking. Okay, I take a lot of problems with pretty much everything you just said. Okay, <laughs> 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 dissenting <laughs>
3: opinion.
1: So, first of all, I'm going to start with I really don't like the static, like plus one, minus one to ACs and shit. Okay. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about that in the "Let's Build the Dragon Warlock" episode. Um, that the five E design philosophy kind of stays away from modifiers, like like static number plus minus modifiers, um, because it becomes a lot of bookkeeping, becomes a lot of remembering stuff, and it's you know just a little bit. It, it makes an already slow combat system even slower. Gotcha. Um, I agree with that. So, so I don't like using that as some sort of buffer debuff type thing uh that's why advantage and disadvantage can kind of simplify that a little bit yeah. uh yeah it does remove a little bit of depth in combat uh but the benefit is it speeds it up fucking significantly which is great
2: roll an extra damage um, die what about that
1: what, what was that sir
2: roll an extra damage die for each pair right.
1: that's easy enough to it doesn't do. Doesn't scale very well yeah
3: i mean i guess i guess the the the, the simple the most simple uh, solution to this is do what Tyler does, and just... If they're flanked, they get a minus one to AC. Or, sorry, you said... Um, you, you just get a plus one to your attack. Plus one to attack, or minus a, one to
1: AC. It's, it's really... It, it's the no, it's the no best bug-keeping. solution to it is, don't balance yeah. for it at all, because Le- it's not intended to be in the game. That's my solution. I don't understand why we need to have anything for flanking. I don't think it should be a concept or brought up at all. Yeah, so I, like, don't I, I
0: don't do flanking anymore. I've tried the plus one to attack, and it worked fine. It was just... Uh, Cause like, like the play, it was it was not enough incentive for them to focus around it. But whenever they did, they they felt a little bit better. But like I've also just removed it and it's also gone fine. So I just keep it out.
2: Yeah. At this so point. two things here. Uh, I I kind of disagree with you, Brad. I don't think that necessarily the static shit makes uh, blah, 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 gameplay longer. Maybe if you have the players do the math. But if you as the DM just oh uh, this guy's engaged, my enemy's engaged with two players he gets a minus one to AC and you note that down, that's easy enough to factor in.
1: Yeah, but then oh. if they're, like, moving in and out of combat and there's multiple enemies, like, it, it could just get a little bit out of hand. Yeah, yeah like, sure. I,
2: I
0: don't mind... I didn't mind having the players do the bookkeeping because if they forgot about it, then they forgot about it. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna... I didn't remind them. Like, like I guess, if you, like. I don't know. I, I just so like, if, if you like if you don't keep track of your own character in the combat, then you need to like you know then you lose out on your advent. You lose out on the advantageous ability that you
2: get mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, and then second thing, uh, I think what it comes down to is realism versus game mechanics. And I think it's a game. Game mechanics should win out every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree that the realism factor would say. Uh, flanking would add some sort of benefit but we agree we all agree that advantage is too much we agree static rules aren't really the way to do it because it adds too much depth to an already insane combat encounter if you're a dm with seven players Mm -hmm. which we are uh so i think the point is the game mechanics should win out and you should just not have advantage for flanking there should be no such thing as flanking which sucks in a realism aspect but i think you have to weigh the two and mechanics will win in the end i I
1: don't even give a shit about realism if you look at like lord of the rings if flanking quote was a thing in lord of the rings you know every single person in the fucking fellowship would be dead because they would just get swarmed by like three orcs and die immediately oh yeah like see the scene i I don't think i don't think fucking realism is the way to go here because realism doesn't yeah. Lead to a fun game mechanic. Exactly,
0: it, it, it's like in fight scenes whenever you have one, whenever you have your heroes surrounded by two bad guys, but the two bad guys don't attack at the same time. They attack at They <laughs> exactly. attack at opposite like, times, and then the player, like the the is just like block, turn, block, turn, block. Like, it, it like yeah. it doesn't make for good.
2: Uh, yeah. I'll I'll one up you. Like the scene in the Fellowship when Aragorn sends Frodo away, uh, and he fights like fifty Uruks at the top of the hill. Yeah, like my guy is. Taken on a whole platoon of urukai, and he's somehow made it out alive. Yep. So, yep.
4: so.
1: And, and, and if we like epic scenes like that, we shouldn't allow flanking because it prevents epic scenes like that. Exactly. So sure. That's that's my um, thought process yeah. on it. Uh, I just don't like flanking. Period. To the people
0: that use, to the people that do flanking, um, kudos. And if your players abuse it, then you abuse it. It's flanking goes both ways. Flankings from the players mm-hmm. and the DM. You can have your yeah. you can have your bad guys flank as well. I've done that and I have blindsided like, players. Like, fucking like, cry. Like 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 my my players looked like the the caveman SpongeBob. with the ooh, whenever I've had whenever I've had goblins flank them and get advantage. Yeah. And so man, it, if, if you, it goes both ways.
3: And if you don't use um, flanking in your campaign and your players are being a little bit of a dicks, just throw creatures at them that have uh, pack tactics. It's just flanking but yeah, yeah. not flanking.
1: Okay. Pack tank, pack tactics is like the actual way to handle flanking in the game. Only certain yeah. people can actually capitalize on that. I so love pack tactics, but only whenever it's like accounted for. Wouldn't
2: wouldn't advantage advantage is pretty much pack tactics.
0: No, like flank pack tactics. no. flanking is pack. tactics
1: flanking is pack tactics It may as well just be. Uh, it may yeah. as well. So that
0: pack tactics is pack tactics isn't isn't whenever you're across from each other. It's just whenever you're fighting it with another pack tactic animal.
4: No, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter if
0: you're across from each other, like like it's, two wolves side by true. side.
3: Yeah, so still it, it's, it's
0: flanking, things, except yeah. you don't have to be across from each you
3: other. To, you just have to be engaged with the same person. Yes. So like what, what we said before, the thing. rogues, it's pretty much just rogues for enemies. It's just sneak. It's literally, it's literally sneak attack yeah. for enemies.
2: Yeah. But like a wolf has a four, forty-five foot of movement speed. They can pivot five feet to get behind. Like it's, yeah. The, the only thing separating it is five foot of movement speed. I don't know. I'm with Brad on this one. Pack Tactics is cool flanking. Pack Tactics, like, mm-hmm. I agree with that. No, no, I'm fine with it's fine only fine certain t- animals have
0: it. Yeah, I love Pack Tactics. I'm fine with yeah. Pack Tactics. I'm, I'm fine only with certain both.
2: things have
1: it. And, like, only thematical things have it. Like, wolves. And it's yeah. balanced. Because they have Pack Tactics, their attacks are balanced. They have a little bit lower to hit, and their damage is a little bit lower because they're going to be hitting more often. Yeah. It's. It, it, it's balanced. But whenever you add it to players, it now becomes just like a huge buff to them. Yes. And it makes, mm-hmm. you know, encounters a little bit more trivial. All right, Especially cool. when they're doing star yeah. damage. I'm glad we
3: didn't just uh, rush over flanking. I'm glad we actually did talk about it a little bit. because This yeah. has been a long time um,
2: coming. We, we've we referenced this in like all we, the We've, we've already this talked this and why then why
3: stopped it. our conversations being like, this should be for the podcast. And we just haven't like yeah. let it out yet. I'm sorry for cutting <laughs> it in- off there,
0: entirely. In the Tasha books, in the Tasha podcast, did you guys edit in us talking about rogues, or uh, rangers? Did you guys leave that in? Do you remember? Probably.
2: Probably. Probably. Oh, yeah, we always talk about okay. rangers.
0: Okay. I, I remove as little as possible. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so if okay, I removed rangers suck from the list. Rangers suck. they're They're, 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 suck. they're, 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 they're late game base class. Is awful. It needs a rewrite. <laughs> like, like, like the last like five levels of the class. Your abilities are your abilities are great thematically for for tracking animals, but by God, do they suck in average D and D gameplay in five e gameplay. Um, like, like it's cool and all whenever you get to track like whatever you want, and like you you literally like you're you're pretty much like an undying tracker with like heat vision. But like, yeah. but, Like, like how many times are you gonna be tracking something through the woods as a level twenty cl- like, character? Yeah. Like, so,
4: honestly, it's like, it's
0: not um, right? so it's it's not rangers suck. It's just Rangers are cool, they just need reworked
3: at
2: higher levels.
0: Yes, rangers like they're, cool they're higher levels. yeah. R- rangers fall off at like eighth level, <laughs> like like eighth to third level. Is there? Is they're like peak? All right, bad. Yeah, their so, power
2: curve is wonky. Uh, they start out really good, but then they yeah. don't right. they don't like, like go as high as other yeah. classes. Like
0: like if you want to be if you want to be a bowmaster,
1: be a fucking fighter.
0: Fighters are better archers yeah, than big.
1: rangers. Okay, <laughs> actually Honestly. think Zephyr Strike is exactly what I'm looking for in a ranger. Yeah. Um, the addition of that spell takes rangers from like okay to pretty cool in my mind um like fat like okay so melee rangers especially right yeah uh, you ca- it has the word ranger in its mind and a lot of people go to like bows, bows yeah. but like fucking like agregorn from lord of the rings dude he's a ranger and he uses swords that's uh-huh. cool as hell you know yeah. i'd love to see a little bit more of that and, uh, you know Zephyr and then he Sp- and then you get drizzet Driz- yeah drizzet is he is he a ranger or is he a fighter he is a ranger he, he, he has okay. the pet panther he's the oh, swords of the pet panther cool. Cool.
2: Uh, um, remind yeah. me, what's Zephyr Strike again? It's uh, that's
1: what I the one that makes me. you, like, go fast. It, you it, it
0: makes you... It, it lets you move double your movement speed without dashing. It lets you... Uh, diseng- you, you you do not provoke opportunity attacks. Oh, fuck. Uh, and you, um... I think that's it. I think that's it. You do more dance, wait. wait so
3: yeah. What was, the, I, yeah, what was the one that lets you, um... Basically attack six people at once and do, like, 60-10 damage? That, that was, <laughs> like like...
1: Rift blade or some shit oh
3: yeah from Tasha's. larry you need to give me that
0: yeah so uh so no, zephyr strike answer, is no opportunity attacks uh you can give advantage on yourself to one attack roll it does an extra 1d8 force damage on a hit and if you hit or miss after your attack roll you get to move by an extra 30 feet um and this lasts one minute so it lasts 10 turns uh, re- cool. It's real. I used it. I used it in the last fight in the church. In your fight, Larry. Oh yeah, yeah. I used you it to get away from the, the uh, from the boss that was like after me for some reason. Well, whenever whenever he was dashing, yeah. let him do the same thing yeah. and attack. Um, okay, so yeah, so rangers need a rework. They really do. I I love rangers. They're my favorite class, and I think they get a bad trope because of the bow. Because people if people mm-hmm. think ranger pew pew, not like like sword rangers are cold as shit. Uh, my thematic ranger that I play isn't really a sword guy, so he doesn't like getting up and close. So he's chilling with a bow, but, but right.
1: like
4: sword, sword ranger. Cool. Anyway, sword beastmaster. Oh, be really yeah.
1: So wizards has been playing around a little bit with reworking the ranger. Yes. Uh, and one of the ideas that they've tried is a spell less ranger. Right. Uh, it, it removes their spell casting and allows them to focus a little bit more on melee combat or ranged combat. Uh,
0: you Do might as, you as well think- be
1: a fighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You may as well just be a. Fighter you may as well be a fighter. Like, a fighter. Like... A fighter that takes animal handling and survival. Yeah, uh, I so I, I think spellcasting is an essential part of I the agree. ranger. I agree. I think cool. I think
0: spellcasting. I, I think spellcasting differentiates you
1: from a fighter, but not yep. being a full caster differentiates you from a druid. Exactly. Exactly. You're like a fighter druid hybrid. Yes. Uh, that should have its own special niche, and that's yes. the problem. That if you specialize in one of those two forms, you're better off just being a druid or a fighter. Exactly. So like, what is the ranger supposed to be good at? And I think that's what they really need to find out. Yeah. Like, like
0: they well, they, they, they they clearly tried tracking and it didn't work. It's not how people play the game.
1: Like, I think yeah. it needs to be summons. I mean, summons druids have a little bit of summons, but uh, unlike previous editions, you know, they don't get animal companions anymore. Uh, their summons are very minimal. They focus a little bit more on like like their self wild shape. Rangers need to fill that summoner niche. Yes. And rangers, they might be a good candidate for, like, a more true necromancer. Uh, wizards have, like, their necromancy spells, but that's more like necromancy spells rather than, like, raising undead. Mm-hmm. A ranger might be okay with, like, a horde of undead skeletons following them. Yes. Mechanically. Mechanically. Or a horde of a uh, pack of fucking Because, like, cause,
2: yeah. I, yeah, or a pack of Why does a Beastmaster only get one... Because they, be they, they should imagine. be more companions. You should be getting more yeah. companions. Could you imagine a melee ranger with a pack of wolves that have pack tactics with Zephyr Strike? That'd be fucking That's insane. That's cool as hell. Yeah. Like, especially... I mean, look at uh, they, Hunters in World uh, of
3: Warcraft. Are, are, right? are, are, are we about to make specs, a so. uh,
0: ranger subclass, boys? Well, the, I yeah, think the ranger subclasses are great. I think their subclasses are fine. Um, like, especially the Swarm. Oh my god, the, the Swarm subclass I fell in love with. I, I fell in love with the Swarm spell class in Tasha's. Dude, I
2: can't wait to see this beekeeper turtle. So good, dude. I made weird.
0: a beekeeper turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he 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 owns a hive and then he has a tiny dimension door inside the hive that he just <laughs> opens and all those bees flood out and attack whatever he wants and then he just sends them all back in.
1: Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I, I really want Rangers to be good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really want to see him succeed.
3: I feel like um, I feel like we should make a Ranger subclass um uh, like, like
0: like a summoning. Like like like, like a summoner. Yeah, like a summoning-based ranger. I think, that, I think that would be named just summoner. Just a summoner ranger. I mean, yeah, we, um, we, we'll... So... We'll like write pack that down. We'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll save that. Oh my god, the ranger gets pack tactics with his animals. Oh, <laughs> that'd be yes. cool That'd suck. be so cool! <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying, okay. dude. Okay, anyway. Uh, right, Larry, write that rolling, down. <laughs> stat rolling uh, think... versus point-by versus static. Ooh.
1: Yeah. So okay. I typically encourage my players to do point-by. Uh, just because I feel like it allows for a good amount of customization while ensuring that everybody is, like, exactly the same power level. Uh, I don't like rolling because I don't want somebody to get unlucky on their rolls and then have a miserable campaign experience because their stats are just lower than everybody else's. Now, there's a couple arguments against that, and I'm going to address them right now. Uh, One of the thing is, oh, well, just add some, like, crazy-ass, like, 4d6, drop the lowest one, roll that seven times, drop the lowest... (laughs) Like, that's so much fucking work just to, like, mitigate, mitigate, like, bad randomness whenever you could just use a better system that guarantees balance right off the bat. Yes. Um, The other alternative is, oh, people like RPing with low stats, you know, it could create a really good opportunity. Well, not everybody fucking wants that. Like... I, like if I, if my character had like a really low intelligence, well, that's not how I envision my character. I don't want him to be like really low intelligence, and I don't want to have to deal with that just because I rolled low. Let me just build him how I want him to be, you know. Yes, I agree. Um, so that that's my stance on yeah. it. Yeah, I
0: believe I that point ruling five. is.
1: Um, I I okay. People are supposed
0: to be the heroes, right? Like your yeah. party is the heroes. They are the center point. They are what the camera is following in this in this storyline, um, and. It, nothing sucks more than having two eights on your sheet. <laughs> You're right, absolutely. So nothing hurts more than having two eights. Personally... Who has two eights? Nobody, none of us. But, if you roll bad. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. If you roll bad. Like, you, you, you can get sixes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like you, you can have fours on your sheet. Um, it makes for good roleplay, but only if the player wants to... Like, if the player wants to drop their... St- if, if somebody wants to lower their stats down, I will literally let them lower their stats down to a level that they want just to roleplay with it. Like, I will, sure, if a player to spend talks to me about it. Fine. Yeah. Like, as long as you go down and not up. Like, like, so, like, if you want to purposely put yourself at a disadvantage, go right for it. But, you know, for roleplay, that is perfectly fine by me. But talk to me about it first. And don't put yourself higher. Because that's not how the game works. Um, so, I personally I think... do. I personally like static. Static's my favorite. Because it puts everybody at exactly the same level. So, nobody feels like anybody anybody spent their points better or put themselves... or has a better advantage than anybody else. I, I
2: like I a think, hybrid. Yeah. I, I, I think... I like a hybrid static with point-by, where, like, for example, there's this game, Pillars of Eternity, where you can drop your stat to, like, essentially zero. I don't think you can go all the way to zero, but you can drop it all the way and, like, pump a, another stat. I think there should be a baseline of, like, maybe eight to ten. Which is what point buy, lower is. Than. Point, point buy. is.
0: Point-by is eight. Eight's the baseline.
2: Oh, is for it? it it's the lowest you can get. Okay. So...
3: I think I, I, all three of these options. I think they're they're good. Um, I like my opinion is let the players do what they want. Like out of those three options, as a DM, just let them pick out of those three options. Let them do it. If they want to do start the stat rolling themselves, then if they're new players, then explain to them like, hey, you run the risk of getting really shitty stats. But if they're veteran players that understand the risk, then let them do that. I think, I think this really comes down to the, the reason why they give us three different options is because there should be three different options and that the players should have the choice in which ones they want to do and what they feel comfortable with. I feel like this is something that doesn't really need change and it just needs to, mm. the, the players just need to make the choice. And if they're new players, as a DM, it's your job to educate them.
1: Yeah. yeah, and so I, I just think the... I, I just think the worst thing I could imagine is even a veteran player being like, "Oh, well, I'm just gonna take that risk. I don't mind if I get low stats. They're gonna do a roll, They're gonna get low stats, and then for the next two fucking years, they're gonna have to put up with that. And it might not seem like it at first, but like it might be miserable for those next two yeah. years. And then you're gonna have to make like a thing of just like, okay, well, do we want to like on that? Like you can just prevent it right off the bat. Yes. Yeah, or
3: like, or you could um. Give the player the option, like, hey, you can roll your stats. If you don't
0: like them, th- though, you have to pick either point-by or static. Uh, uh, okay, there's no point of having both point-by and static, because you, you can get static rolls with the point-by system. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's static, no point st- to have Static rolls is just yeah, sta- stat- yeah, static... If, with, if, you, if you allow them the option to choose point-by or static, they'd be dumb to choose static, because point-by is better than static. Uh, point buy is is adds more variety in the game but takes away from the consistency static static removes variety and keeps consistency so it just like like both of them but you, like if somebody chooses static over point buy if you if you pick if somebody picks point buy they they, they, they can make their stats the static stats so there's no point to have both mm-hmm. as an option
4: gotcha.
0: so um,
3: i guess so. i guess you just extend the option to a player like if you roll your if you roll for your free stats and like you yeah. really
0: don't like them then you get static. You get,
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. or, Static's like the yeah. ultimate fallback. Yeah.
0: Or or you just don't have it. I don't I don't let my players roll at all. Because like so, like my my, my, my my players are just like my players are like, well like like I've had players complain to me just like just like man like like I wanna roll dice. It's D and D. Let's roll dice. Let's roll dice and I'm like, you're gonna fucking regret it. Like you we will probably regret it. You have a decent chance of regretting it.
2: There's plenty of fucking dice rolling in D and D and I think we're gonna get into that next. But uh I totally agree. Giving players the choice is the best way. Like, if you want, if you have this high-risk, high-reward type that wants to roll, uh, let him roll. And if he really doesn't like his stats, then you can compromise and be like, okay, you can take the uh, standard set or whatever. See, okay. hold it on, let me, let me, yeah. let me. Good. We'll get to that. Um, but here's the thing. I think, in my experience, uh, DMs. In new players, like, DMs tend to think that you have to roll stats. Like, that's, like, the norm, right? Is stat rolling is usually what you do. That's been my experience, at least. Every game I've played in, I've rolled for my stats. I didn't even know about the standard set for the longest time.
3: Yeah, and I guess, I guess, yeah, so I kind of get that, because whenever I was very, very, very first introduced to D&D, like, the first time I was ever introduced was back in high school, um, one of my friends was like, hey, you want to play? Like, we're going to have a session today, and do you want to join us? I was like, yeah, sure. So we went through the process, and I just rolled for my um, stats because my friend didn't tell me um, of the different options, or he if I don't remember. I just remember I rolled for my stats and stuff like that and everything. We didn't end up playing that day because one of the other players copped out and decided not to show up, so that kind of sucked. But anyway... We'll, get, we'll go down that rabbit hole in another episode.
4: But anyway, so, so like, I Larry, do understand I where like, Larry's talking
3: about where Let's
2: let Tony finish.
3: sometimes you just don't know. And I think that falls back on the DM to kind of explain. Sorry for talking over you, Brad. I just wanted to. Yeah, real point.
2: quick, before Brad, one little thing. Like sometimes, I like I said, I didn't even know. Even as a DM, I didn't even know there was another option. Um, It wasn't until like some, some other DM told me. There was the standard set. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, I didn't know about this. I didn't even know Point Buy was even in it. But okay. yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know about Point Buy I, I,
3: until another um, player that I was playing with bragged that he used it to
0: always buff up his characters. I,
2: yeah, I don't know the what the solution game. is, but I think we need to emphasize like away from stat rolling. Like,
0: the the only issue with allowing a choice. Letting somebody choose point buy and then retconning it to give them the other option
2: because then they're always going to choose
0: point buy because it gives them the best odds of getting better. They're always going to choose ruling first to get the best odds of getting better rules than the point buy system. So yeah, it's, I say it's, don't don't let
2: them don't let them fall back on point buy. I say let them fall, fall back on, on static. Set. Yeah,
3: I, I misspoke, or well, I I didn't misspoke. I didn't understand that static was objectively worse than point buy, but it is not mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. I kind of like I I zone sometimes. But no, yeah. So if if you if your player rolls and really doesn't like their options, then let them choose static. Otherwise, yeah, they choose point buy.
2: Yeah, I agree. All right, Brad.
1: So I was gonna say, if you if rolling your stats is a risk versus reward trade off, and somebody wants to take that, right, but. If they end up getting, like, shitty rolls, and then you kind of let them back out and have the option of taking, you know, a static array or a point buy or some shit, you're literally just having the reward without any of the risk. Which means you should always roll your stats and then complain about them if you don't like them or if they're lower than average. Which is stupid as hell. That Yeah, I guess... If you're gonna roll, you need to accept that risk, and you cannot allow them to change it. Which means... You need to make sure that these players say, "If you roll all eights, that's what you fucking get." Yeah. Like, I'm about honestly, I would advise everybody to not even take that risk because all those eights are just going to lead to two years of miserable campaign. You know, so I, I, I would almost get to the point saying, "No, I'm not letting you take that risk because it's just going to ruin the game experience." Yeah. Okay. So
2: I meant, I meant like if they get all eights or something abhorrently bad. No, I don't I don't
1: no. give no. a shit about Hold that. On, let me you finish. have to draw let that finish. line somewhere.
2: I agree, but, like, if it's so bad that they can't even play, then fucking give them the standard set. Who gives a fuck? But if they're, like... If they have, like, oh, I got a 16, a 15, 14, 12, 11, blah, 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 but I want a 18, 17, 16. Like, no, fuck off. Like, you well, know what I mean? If it's not abhorrently bad that you can't even play, then, no, you can't fall back on it, standard. But, like, if it's so bad that you can't play, then, it, like... There's think, but, 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 I'm not gonna make my players keep their 8s just because... I don't know. I, if if I you think...
0: like, that, that's what we're talking about. Like like, why even let them roll if there's a chance of them getting sixes across the board? Like there there there's a chance of them getting uh, What is it? There's there's a chance of getting threes for every stat. Literally three in every single stat. There's a chance. It's low, but there's a chance. So like, why even let them roll to have a chance of getting threes in every stat? In, and and then and then like let them cry about it and then you give them the other options if they get below tens and everything like like what like where's the risk at then there there like, there's no yeah. re- there's, there's zero risk i'd rather just not let them get a three in the first place
2: fuck it yeah just do point by no ruling. Yeah like
0: like yeah like, like i agree rolling's fun you know rolling dice is fun that's the whole point of the game rolling dice is great it gives players a chance to have like customized characters. And, like, like, theoretically, it get, it adds a lot of variety and makes them, you know, it makes them feel like they got their players these stats themselves. But on the other hand, if somebody rolls really bad, they're going to have a miserable time trying to catch up to everybody else with 20s. They're going to have a miserable time because they're they're not going to feel like heroes. The, the, the average NPC stat is 10 because the mm. average player in the world is a plus zero modifier. It's a 10 or 11. So, like, if somebody rules bad and they get threes, sixes, and eights across the board, <laughs> you're literally below <laughs> average. You're you're a bad hero. <laughs> you're scum. So, like, yeah, it's not even worth letting people do that. Um, So.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think this segues nicely into something I wanted to cover real quick is the randomness. I haven't played older editions, so I can't confirm this, but... I've read that I think Five E is like more random as far as dice rolling goes than older versions, and I uh, think older that versions ties
1: allow you to mitigate that randomness a little bit better. Okay, gotcha. Goals. Yep.
2: So this kind of ties into the stat rolling thing. I think that rolling is overused, and I think that if you have like, I was saying this before we went on air, but like, if you have a plus ten to say stealth, there's still a chance that you fail your stealth check. Like you could have maxed out decks, maxed out stealth, like double expert or double proficiency expertise, whatever. If you roll bad, like, sorry. It just doesn't make much sense to me. And I think we're going to... We
4: talked about this a bit, but
3: there was... My biggest counter-argument to that is if you mitigate that risk and, like, say, hey, you have, like, a plus 10 to stealth, but you still rolled shitty, so you fucked up. Sorry, even though you've been doing this for years. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But by allowing that to happen, you're allowing failure to happen. Like, there's people who are masters in whatever they do. And in real life, there's days that they still fuck up, and I think that the option that they can still fuck up should be there.
2: I totally agree, but I think it's it's too extreme. There's too much randomness. I guess. I think. Um. Which, is, which ties in... To really realism to, like, versus real, uh, game mechanics. Again. This ties... No, I mean, yeah, that and also the passives that we wanted to cover.
0: Yes. We will get there. Maybe um, not this episode because we're uh, we're at an hour. <laughs> we're slugging along. So, so, this might just be okay, a great. So, so, this so, might yeah. just be straight dislikes. Yeah, so the, this, this episode might just be dislikes, and the next episode might just be improvements. Yeah. We, <laughs> uh, um, players not liking punishments for actions. Mm. Um. Okay. Who to speak on this one first? Boys. It should. It should be assumed. I'm gonna grab a drink. That the pl- The DM is not the world. The D. Okay. The DM is not the enemy the dm is the world right the dm is everything from the air the character breathes to the npc the character talks to to the to the monster the inner, the character fights to right? the barmaid the dm that they seduce. is the dm is everything so it is not fair for the for the players to assume the dm's going to warn them when they're when they're about to do something bad exactly
4: <laughs> are you sure like, about that
0: if you choose to attack a guard or pickpocket a lady next to a guard You understand there's a guard there. The DM let you know there's a guard there. The DM shouldn't have to say... You have the um, risk right in front of you. That something bad can happen out of this. The DM's not just gonna like not just gonna have the guard warn you. You should not expect the guard to warn you or expect the guard to to take you to jail with like a hundred, with like a ten gold fine, or uh, like like you might go to jail and your player might be in jail we'll for slap years, on the wrist. like for 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 thievery. Your player might be put in jail for years depending on how strict the government of that world is. So. Or hanged. You need to understand that the DM is not going to warn you when you're about to make a bad decision. They're not going to babysit you. They're not going to hold your hand. That's not their job. Their job is to run the world. And if you make a decision in that world, they're going to make the outcome in the world equivalent to the world's outcome. That's not... Mm -hmm. Like, it's not the DM's DM's job to make sure you do everything right. It's your job. You're the character. If (laughs) you, as a character, decide
3: to drop a proverbial nuke on both your allies and enemies... (laughs) You shouldn't rely on the DM to say, are you sure about that? Because it's not the DM's job to, exactly like Tyler said, to hold your hand and babysit you. This is you as a player making the decisions. When you're off playing The Witcher 3 or Skyrim, and you go to fucking kill the chicken in Riverrun, the game doesn't pause and go... Are you sure about that? It just lets you do it, and it makes you suffer the consequences. Like. Yeah, but you can always quick load. You can't quick load in D&D.
4: Yeah.
2: I'm not defending this. Quick yeah,
3: quick no, no, i was just using control. it as an example, because that's the easiest thing for people to relate to when making yeah. bad decisions that don't impact them as a person, just their character.
2: Well, so, I don't take as much problem with players, uh. I want to word this?
3: I don't have a problem with players being th- dumbasses or, like, making bad decisions and, like, having... doing things that have an adverse effect to them. I just have a problem with them complaining that bad things happen to them and that they weren't warned beforehand.
2: Yeah, so, like, I don't think it's a problem that, like, oh, you didn't warn me. I think the problem is, after the fact, when you do thing X and thing Y happens as an effect of what you fucking did, like, you have to own up to that and be like, oh, yeah, like, this this is what I, this is what the outcome I expected from my actions. You can't, like, bitch about, oh, why did I get arrested for stealing in the town? Like, because you stole in the town, dude. Don't be mad at the DM for responding accordingly.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just something silly. I've noticed sometimes. Players will often, like, say their funny idea out loud, and not seriously want to like suggest that just say it because it'd be funny you know yeah. and it's kind of hard to like determine when they're being serious and when they're not sometimes yes maybe that's just based off of like some of the parties i've experienced um so you kind of have to be like are you sure to make sure that it's like a real idea See, uh, and then well, they interpret it as well maybe it maybe I was serious about it, but now that you asked, I'm not going to. See, I, I kind of yeah, exactly, do that so. whenever, yeah, it's, like, it's
3: if tricky. someone says something in a joking way, like, hey, I I, I do that. Like, for example, last, <laughs> hey, murder the Duke. for example, or hold on, let me get comfortable and then I'll repeat what I just said. <laughs> for example, <laughs> um, gotta, gotta our last D&D one. session, uh, a player with a very ancient arcane relic proposed the idea to throw it down into a 500 foot pit onto an unknown entity that is known to be huge that was proposed as an idea be it jokingly or not jokingly my response to that was do you do it? Yeah. like I don't ask That's what the like, like if someone be. says a joking thing or says an idea out loud like then this goes for every, Like this is kind of like my way of saying are you sure about that it's I'm, it's not me trying to ask, are you sure about that? It's just me personally trying to get clarification if, are you doing this? So if you say something, and I'm not sure if it's a joke or not, or you saying it in a jokingly manner, I will say, do you do this? And then if you say yes, even if you say yes in a jokingly manner, I will follow through with what you said. Mm-hmm. You, I will not leave you track on that. <laughs>
2: I think the inherent problem here is, like, Brad and uh, Tony, what you guys just said, uh, even saying, like, like when a player says something jokingly and you say, did you say that, like, out loud, that kind of implies that, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. So I think the best solution here, and it's a hard one to nail because, you know, there's so much back and forth between in-character, out-of-character. I think when a... you need to differentiate, like, say... I am, if you want to say something out of character, I guess, say I'm going to step out of character and say this joke. And then it's implied that if you don't do that, then whatever you do in character is something you do. Because you can't just recall something you do in real life because you get this, there's nobody, there's no DM there to be like, are you sure you say this to this person? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you just kind of say See, it. See, I think
3: that's the thing so. where like kind of role playing accents and kind of like, Your character's kind of, not vocal structure, but, um, I'm not a speech pathologist, so I don't know the exact terminology, but, like, the way that you talk and kind of the mannerisms and shit like that. I think that's kind of important where, like, player, like, the becoming your character kind of is important, because if you, like, are good enough at it, I guess is a good way to put it, um, the difference between you playing as your character and you as your person... Like, me, whenever I'm talking as Kaldos, I will talk in the Russian accent and talk like this. So, and whenever I break that and talk like this, you know that I'm talking as me and not Kaldos. So, I can say my Mm. jokes in this voice. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yeah, I totally agree.
3: But then switch. But the thing is... There's a problem there, though. And I guess the way to kind of like... I want to say punish. I just want to say this before I lose it. Um, Players Mm -hmm. who like jokingly say something and in, instead of saying is that what you say if they say it as yeah. character or in their character voice then just roll with it don't let them backtrack and i haven't been doing that and i think i'm going to start doing that moving forward All
4: right.
2: so i think like you said tony it is easy to differentiate if you have like that accent but if you don't like i've it's been a lot shit. better recently with grim like when i'm role-playing grim i you know deepen my voice a few octaves or whatever and then you talk in your Russian accent but what of a player that doesn't have an accent you know like, like I, I don't uh, do I one know, yeah. yeah you don't do one for Kalem uh, Brad you don't really do one for Moscow do or Muzu right, but I it's that. so that, that's that, you shouldn't have no, to you, you, you know, shouldn't know, have like,
0: Accent shouldn't be the differentiator between you making a dumb thing happen or not and like yeah. I,
2: I'm not Personally, saying I that. like to do them because they add they make me get into character they force me into character that's why I like them yeah. but you know so something does. i find
1: myself doing uh if i say something to like an npc or something i'll like look at the dm mm-hmm. and then like get their mm-hmm. attention and then say that. yeah sure. if i say something like maybe or funny i'll look at like one of the other players or something and i'll just be like, like 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 hey dude sitting next to me here's a funny joke because like then it's not like directed at the dm who's supposed to be yeah. that npc you know um, the only right, issue with that is that's, that that's not a foolproof solution. The, the only right, issue with that is right, if like
3: uh, characters are talking in game to each other and they say something in front of an NPC, that's where it get, kind of gets muddied. And I, I want to reiterate something so, right here. I don't. I wasn't trying to bash on people not using accents. No, I know. I was, and but it's just. Yeah. Um, I think the point I was trying to get is that like Brad and Tyler, both of you guys don't really use accents. But whenever I'm DMing, or even as a player in Larry's campaign. I can tell when you guys are talking in mm-hmm. character and not in character exactly. just by the way your body language and you don't change your accents at all, but the mannerisms in your voice and the way you say things, like, I don't know, I, I just pick up on it that you're switching <clears throat> personas, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I want, uh, okay. So what I do, per se is a deal. I make it directly clear to my players that if they look at me and say that they do something, <laughs> that is their character taking that action. There's, there's no retcon. You cannot you cannot be like, no, I was joking, I was joking. If you look directly at me and get my attention, I look directly at you, directly in the eyes, I eye, eye, eye contact, and you say, uh, I jump off that bridge. I want to be like okay <laughs> you 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 just you you watch as blah just hurls themselves off the bridge. they take 12d12 like, falling like, damage they splat so on the rocks. like if like i like, like you need to be direct like, like okay um yeah. if you like if my players my players resort because they they know for a fact that i made it very clear that if you say you're doing something your person your player does it if you say you do it you do it so they they talk mm. as as if it's an option so instead of instead of saying like instead of saying like 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 like, uh, like i go over there and do this like to other players they they instead say i can do this i might like, like like is this a good idea should i do this i can do this this is an option kind of thing like it so it, mm-hmm. it completely differentiates them talking about doing something versus actually committing to the action yeah. if they if they say it in character or not i do this they do it like you do it that, that's that's it like like you you you're talking in present tense now you do it instead of hypothetical. I could do it, you know.
2: So, something I, I just thought of a, a simple solution, I think, it just popped in my head. Uh, instead of asking, Oh, are you sure? or Oh, do you actually do this? which implies maybe you shouldn't do this. What if you just ask, Hey, are you in character? The easy as that, but like, like there's no,
0: even then, I think my say way that. is the most direct way to do it. Because like, like, like if they want to, jo- you can joke as much as you want at my table, as long as you do not directly say, I do this, like <laughs> like I commit yeah, to this true. action. The moment you say I commit to this yeah. action, you are doing the action. That's it. Like there, there's no retconning. There's no takesie backsies. There, there, there isn't a laugh off. Like you, are, like if you like joking or not, if I say it, like, 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 oh, I walk up to the barmaid and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like you do it. Okay. You're there. You're at the bar. You're talking to her. What now? Like
2: you do it. <laughs> Like, so yeah, like, I'm kind of with you there. Um, I think if you do like the oh, what if I did this versus I do this, I think that's yeah, it's assumed it's, they're, they're talking to,
0: to the party. Like they're like like if you're talking about a scenario, right? Like it's assumed mm-hmm. that they're talking to the party about what they should do in that moment. Like uh, I'm okay with that as long as you don't say I do this. If you say that, then you do it. your, player, your character. is yeah. currently in the action of doing that, and you cannot back out of it because your character did it. <laughs> that's it. Um, and I've also had players say things out loud say stupid things out loud that they think might that they think is like borderline stupid or smart like stupid okay and then they look at me after they say it like 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 a suggestion like 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 i could do this and then they look at me like for (laughs) for like for a reaction whether i give them like if i don't because i don't say i don't say are you sure about that like to warn them i don't warn my players but like i've had them try to judge me based on my like my physical appearance to what they just said like my physical like like uh, emotions to what they just said, whether or not it's a good idea. Yeah, your body language. Yeah, and I just stare right, and I just I've numbed myself to stare right back at them, just dead face. Yeah, exactly. Just, just like just staring, like I just I just stare <laughs> directly back at them. I just don't give them <laughs> any inkling of whether it's a good idea or bad. I don't smile, I don't frown, I just stare right back at them.
2: Straight poker yeah. face.
0: Yeah, and like I, I've had players try to judge me like that, try to judge me whether or not I'm going to punish them for this action. And I'm like, I'm like you, I mean, all actions, like, yeah, that, that's the very first rule in my campaign is all actions have consequences. Like, if you, like, well, very first, first have fun. I mean, have fun. But your actions have consequences. It's, it's close second.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's like staring, that's like Monty Python staring up at God and having, like, a staring contest. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no actual oh, thing probably. there to read. There's no DM there to read, you know? So. Yeah.
0: So, that, that's the way I handle uh like players making decisions in my campaign if you you can talk about it as much as you want until you say that you actually commit to it then you commit to it there's no backing out
2: yeah that's probably the best way to do it
0: um it, it, yeah, a, it eliminates one, all the so. hassle of like are you sure you want to do this because i don't need to ask because if they say they commit to it then they then they surely want to do it i mean there, there, there isn't like a final answer kind of thing yeah um it's like uh it's like on like uh who wants to be a millionaire like like somebody could be talking about all the answers. But then they ask final answer at the end. But like them talking about the answer is like like oh it could also be this or maybe it's this or it could be this. Uh, but if they look at the person, they say they say I choose this answer. Then they just take that answer. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's my that's my put on uh, differentiating joking versus serious in that sense. Um, are we all good? to Move on. Yeah. Yep. Last one, yeah. This um, one, this one should be short. I've, I have, I have I have very little to say to this. Yeah, interrupting, I mean, interrupting a narration. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, I, I haven't had this happen
0: really often. Dial. Um, but
3: so I'm not gonna really have much to say on this. Otherwise, other than it's kind of rude, <laughs> especially because DMs really plan shit out for like the players. But um, I'm going to let Larry take this one. at least. Larry, go ahead. Mm. This one's yours.
0: At least at least to, so, to initiate.
2: Yeah. Uh, I just really, what it comes down to is if you're having a dialogue with an enemy, it doesn't even need to be an enemy, if you're having a dialogue with an NPC and he's kind of talking and telling you all this stuff and then you just get bored, I guess, and you're like, I want to shoot an arrow at this guy. It's like, well, I guess you can do that, but like, if you were actually in the situation, what, what would you really do that, or are you just, I don't know, um, are you just so bored and you just want to kill shit that you interrupt okay. the narration?
0: I want to rebuttal to that. Uh, Go for it. That you said that, like, you said that, like, like you can do that, but like, would your character in the moment do that, to mm-hmm. to okay. shooting us to shooting at a bad guy talking to them? Would your character sit
1: there and listen? Like, I think this is a sacrifice that we have to make for, like, realism in characterness, and let's make a cool gaming, like, D anD D gaming experience. Like, yes, if we were playing like perfectly, strategically, optimally, you would shoot the fucking big bad in the middle of his speech. mm -hmm. But we're here playing D anD D for fun. I want to hear what he has to say, playing an actual
2: human. Exactly.
1: Yeah. okay.
0: Uh, there's one thing, um, I okay. I personally don't agree with that. Okay, I, I agree that it makes a cool moment and stuff, but it's not the players' fault if the DM makes the situation uh, makes them a uh, makes the situation possible for the players to shoot them off the bat. For example, I've run. I've run games where I've made the big, bad, evil guy show up as an illusion, and the the first thing the players did was shot an arrow at him, arrow went straight through and hit the wall behind him, right? And the the illusion just chuckles and keeps talking, right? The Mm -hmm. players can walk away, sure, the illusion dissipates and shows up downstairs,
1: Right. Uh, that's just an in-game way to justify. Don't interrupt my speech. exactly. Like, <laughs> you're just adding you know, that extra step it, on top. It just feels unnecessary. It, but like, but 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 here's a it happens time, in
0: movies. Like in it happens speech. in everything too. Movies. Like like the big bad. The big bad is either up really high, looking down on the on the hero, or he's over an intercom, or he's on like a TV screen. Or he's like, like, like by Because something. everybody knows. Everybody knows the hero is just going to attack the big bad guy because that's that's his job. That's the hero's job. Like like yeah, it's so you, fucking like, like, like You you but like but like. Like you need to have, like I think that it's the DM's responsibility to like to make it fun, but it's not your game. It's not it's not just your game too. Like if the entire party doesn't want to listen to this dude's speech, but you as a DM wrote it and you like it because you wrote it, it's not it's it's not fair to the players that you're making all of them sit through this speech.
2: Like no, I agree like, with that. But like, like, how do you know? Hold on, how do you know he's a big bad evil guy until you hear him out a little bit? Like. For example, last session in my campaign, uh, this guy literally was just talking to you, and I forget who did it, but they provoked an attack. No, I think it was Anthony. No, he wasn't talking to us at all. Yes, he was. No, he was He
3: wasn't. was talking to the druid and then was to the Connor druid. was like, "Hey, Kaldos, come up here and cast your spell." So I did.
2: Oh, right. right, right. And then In the middle cast... of the speech, Connor
0: attacked. Him. No, no, no. Connor, 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 Connor didn't attack him. Connor just he, he kept he was, interrupting too, was... him. Yeah, he kept interrupting him.
2: Right, but if I wouldn't if if on magnify gravity, if I would have just had him attack, like he should have. He should have just said, "Okay, fuck you guys. I'm going to attack." It it would have been completely like You guys, after the fact, were like, oh, maybe this guy isn't bad. I like to make pretty much all my NPCs very gray. I don't think there's any truly black-and-white NPC or character even in d and D. I I think it's boring. I think just because a dude's chilling at the bottom of a dungeon doesn't mean he's some BBEG that uh, we're just going to shoot on sight. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I was getting at when I say, like, interrupting a narration. Maybe it's not so much that. Maybe it's just somehow eliminate the trope of bad guy because end of dungeon means boss means we fight, you know?
0: I mean, uh, here, here, here. Okay, do you want to know? We, we, were, we were the players in that game. Do you, you want to know yeah. my connotation of going into that room? Okay. Sure. Number one, we broke, we, we, uh, we encountered the undead who attacked us on site in the woods. We yeah. come up to the castle, we get attacked on site in the castle. We go inside the doors. We get attacked in sight on door we get we get attacked on sight inside the inside the hall. And mm-hmm. uh we go down the stairs, we find the archdruid who was captured, who's currently beaten up and, and bruised tortured. and awful. Who, who who's yes, talking because... who's the big bad evil guy, who, who the dude is talking to. So we found the archdruid that was kidnapped and tortured. We get attacked no, three times prior. We we see all the guys that that attacked us prior in the room, standing there guarding, like just chilling. Like we're not going to enter that room with an open mind saying, what if he's not a bad guy? Like, there's, I mean, come on. Like, there—there there is... Uh... I mean, you guys,
2: not only the druid, but you guys broke and entered into a castle held by him. Okay. So, yeah, like, they, so, like, we at
3: that, that, that point, why wouldn't he attack us on site? We they, rampaged through his yeah. castle and broke in and killed all of his men. Okay.
1: So... so maybe that he, kind of leads, to maybe point he thought he pick.
2: couldn't win the fight, so he's like, I'm going to try and talk my way out of this, even though I just got magnified gravity. That's all right.
1: also a thought. Let, let me, let me, I just had a thought. So if my big bad evil guy, if his goal really was to just wipe out the party as quick and as efficiently as possible, he would do the same Fucking, game. I would just hire like 10 fucking wizards to walk up to the party and just fireball you in your campsite. Like, yeah. that's cool and all, and I could guarantee that I fucking kill you, but that doesn't lead to a fun game experience. Like, if, if I was perfectly optimizing how my bad guy takes out the party the party would lose every fucking time. And that just doesn't lead to a fun game experience. So instead, you kind of make these, like, like affordances or whatever that say, well, the bad guy's not going to do that, not because he can't do it, but because, oh, he's a little bit cocky. It's like you're just adding these, like, stupid little, like, 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 the bad guy isn't as good as he could be because you want to give the players a chance. And I think that kind of needs to, like, implicitly go both ways for both the players and the DM say, I'm not going to kill you guys in your sleep without any sort of effort if you guys at least let my fucking villain monologue. And because it leads to a better game experience. I think that's almost an out-of-game issue. I'm fine fine with the monologuing. Like, like, I'm fine with...
2: If if I'm I'm monologuing for fucking, like, ten fucking minutes and it's just absolutely terrifyingly god-boring like as shit, I'm going to be like, yeah, like, interrupt my ass. But if I literally take, if it's like, if it's like two 60 seconds, like 45 to 60 sentences. seconds of just your time to, like, it. add, inject some narration or lore or background into the campaign, like, fuck, just give me that minute. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, and it, I'm fine with monologuing.
3: Like, if I knew your character was going to, like, monologue and shit like that, I, I mean, I probably would have still magnified gravity because I was under the assumption that you guys were going to attack on site. But I'm fine with letting characters monologue. Like, if you start talking, I'm gonna let you finish. I I, I just I just think it comes down to the. I, it is my mistake, I guess, for attacking on sight. But I'm used to, uh, again, like Tyler was saying, we were used to getting attacked on sight,
0: like like in the but, woods outside yeah. the, the castle. We didn't even break into the ca- like we were nowhere near. Like we were on the shore almost, and we just got attacked on sight by a patrol from the castle. Like, like, what are we supposed to think about the guy who's having these guys attack people on site? Uh, we didn't like, get attacked you on site. Found we, out. We... On.
2: But what you later found out is this guy isn't necessarily a part of the group that attacked you. The group that attacked you could have been from the ruins. Yes, but we did... figured out there's this entire like, yeah. splinter. No, we asked them no, and they okay.
3: explicitly said that they're from the castle. They're doing mm-hmm. patrols for the castle. Yeah,
0: we
2: did. That might have been an oversight on my
3: part. <laughs> <story. laughs> I, I explicitly remember asking them, yeah. like, yo. What's we, up with we, that we, castle? We like, we're do-
0: and the- they're like we're doing patrols yeah. for it. Yeah, we, we interrogated the hooded figure. We killed the undead and interrogated the hooded figure. Like all right, that's they, my bad. um, like we, you you cannot expect the players to be fighting tooth and nail through hordes of enemies to get to the big bad evil guy, and then the big bad evil guy just expe- and then expect the big bad evil guy to have a thirty second to minute window to just talk. Like that—that that is not a fair assumption to make for the hero. Like, yeah, like sure, it's—it's like, it's
1: not in character, but it leads to a better gaming experience. So I think you yeah, should really yeah. just let it. I'm
3: happen. fine. Of, like, I'm fine with letting I it. Happen. I don't give a shit if it's in character. I didn't
1: attack on per. I didn't attack
0: on site. I let the monologue go on, but like, you—you you cannot expect your players to allow that. Yeah, like, I mean, you cannot I, expect your like, players to just accept that as an outcome. Like, like I'm like, not
2: expecting it. I was just—I was making the point, like. Like Brad said, it it adds to the gameplay. So why wouldn't you let it but, happen? And like as a DM, it's
0: also your responsibility to work around that and try to filter in no, no. a way to allow that to happen to make a better gaming experience. No, I don't necessarily I, I think so. It goes I, both ways.
1: I, I would approach it in the same way that you would approach like an improv situation, where you kind of have like like the yes and, where you're both trying to like work together to create a cool scene. And well, yeah, me attacking the big big bad guy right away would create or wouldn't create a cool scene. Letting a monologue maybe having that quick discussion beforehand, you know, maybe a cool one-liner from both maybe the party and the bad guy, that leads to a better scene, even if it isn't perfectly how your character would act. Like, well, even if it's not, like, the most optimal way to accomplish your goal. Sorry, that's probably a better way to put it. I I do really... I I would sacrifice optimal character action for a better experience for, like, me, Brad the player. You know? Because... I would rather have a fun D&D experience that we could talk about later than saying, I killed the boss before he could do anything bad to me. It's like,
3: whatever. Yeah, I do like I how well, to in, in the, in the I, after.
1: I think this is an out-of-game issue.
2: In the after conversation you guys had with him when you did, like, uh, agree to lay down arms on both ends, ended up being arguably beneficial for you guys, and you got a little insight on his character as a whole. And I... I I guess my whole thing is I'm like, I, I really love characters and I think that it's not only the player characters who should be classified as characters in D and D. I think that the NPCs should be as good as characters, as good of characters as the PCs, I guess is my,
3: point. I do like how you handled, um, us attacking on site and you kind of like, yo, and like, I, I like how you did that. Um, Know what I mean? Like whenever Connor was like, "Yo, do the magnify gravity." I did the magnify gravity, and then you handled it. Be like, "Oh, someone's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in. Come in, and then let's chat." I I really like that because then that opened it up. Like, hey, maybe this guy just wants to talk. So, what we all kind of just sat back and let you talk, for the exception. And (laughs) I think the issue is. It does need to be both ways, and it, you need to be allowed to talk.
2: Uh, to be brutally honest, the reason that happened is because my my whole philosophy is, like, I, I step into whatever NPC I'm currently taking control of, and I think, what would they do in this situation? And when I stepped into him, I was like, I can't win this fight. You guys are gonna fucking wreck me, especially after that magnify gravity. The only way out of it for me, as this NPC, is to talk.
3: Yeah, and that makes. So sense. that's what I did. And yeah, that that made sense, and I appreciated the steps that you took.
2: So it, like, it wasn't really, it wasn't really. I wanted to monologue. It was like this is me as Orabeer's only way out of this situation. Yeah. Especially since we so carved through
3: the rest of the place with fairly, relatively ease. That, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. I do want to see the rest of that
2: speech sometime. Oh, uh, there wasn't much yeah. left. I can say he you, you want. finished
0: it. No, no, no. He, he didn't finish I more it. I'm more or less, yeah, dude. I had like a little one little sentence left. left or something. Well,
3: like, because we talked about it, because we, we kind of went into, like, what he would have covered in, like, the after dialogue where we were kind of asking questions and it was kind of, like, equal Yeah, gram, you got the gist of it. Which was good. I just. And, like, players interrupting the monologue. I feel like it, it's not okay, but it can be looked over if like you interrupt, but then you keep monologuing and then that's it. But to continue interrupting and continue pushing it and to continue like, for example, you shoot an arrow at the uh, hologram and it goes right through and the hologram or illusion continues to monologue, but your character continues to shoot arrows through the illusion I feel like that just constant like. Fuck you and fuck your monologue and fuck everything you planned. I just want to kill shit type of thing. It, it just runs me wrong.
0: Well, okay. Yeah, I, I agree. It's borderline murder, Hobo. if, if yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my big bad evil I killed this dude's family, so it's perfectly justified for him to immediately try to kill this dude. Yeah. like like the, he, he literally killed the guy's family in front of him. But and to, like, to continue to start my big exactly bads should, in the
1: middle of my monologue, I'm gonna start sending assassins after you in your sleep. What? Like the reason I don't send assassins after the players in their sleep is because I don't think it's fun. Like it I could probably guy. drop a I could probably drop a player character every single time you long rest in the woods, but I don't because it's not fun. And that yeah. might be optimal for the bad guy to come after you and do that, you know? But I don't because it's not fun. I, I, mean,
0: I mean it's also assumed that if you're on your bad guys like it, uh, there's a difference between being on your bad guy's radar and not being on your bad guy's radar. If you're on your bad guy's radar, you should be prepared to defend yourself against whatever he's That's he not the game I
2: want to play. Players are always on the bad guy's radar. Like, Players are fucking obnoxious as shit. I mean, I'm guilty. Grimgore's, Grimgore literally walked up to a possible like assassin... And just talk shit on him. We we. I could. I mean, Tony had every right to have him get his guy and murder me in my sleep. You guys haven't slept, in the, oh, yes. and I was like, staying like, at.
0: We were not on your bad guys' radar in the bottom of that dungeon until we entered the bottom of that dungeon.
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not talking about my guy. I'm talking yeah. about like to Brad's point of if if the bad guys knew enough about you and wanted to assassinate you, they could easily do it. You know, you, I mean, you know.
1: well, you also take if, in the. Means, if the so. guy in the basement was lying to our face that whole entire time, and he actually really just has it out for us, if we don't get assassinated within the next like three days, then I, I would say that you're not playing him optimally. But I don't think you should be doing that at all because it leads to a bad game. No,
2: that's literally campaign over. Yeah, like, exactly. And that's what of this fuck.
1: Which is why I don't think we should. But do But then, then at the same and time, that's why so I, I, I in the think there's law. like that two way street of. You don't assassinate me in my sleep because it's optimal. I <laughs> won't kill you in the middle of your monologue. Cause I, yeah. I think we're so, all like, in agreement
3: think... on, like, the same points. We just kind of keep reiterating them. Because we all agree yeah. that the DM should be allowed a monologue. And the players should allow them to monologue. But, it again, is a two-way street.
2: I don't even think it should be you're allowed, you're not allowed to monologue. I think it should be there's this two-way street, like we keep saying, of, like, mutual respect between DM and players. Um... I think that's what it can boil down to, yeah, I, and it's it's not like like if you interrupt my monologue, I'm not gonna be personally dis like disrespected. I'm I'm gonna be a little upset that I didn't get to be my big bad guy, but like I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna have a grudge against you for the rest of the campaign. Um, I just think that all this stuff can boil down to like I said, just like a mutual respect thing. Like Brad said listen to the bad guy for a minute and he doesn't send his assassins and slit your throat yeah. in your sleep.
0: But, like, on the other hand, if, if, okay, your bad guy turned out to be good, right?
2: Maybe, right? as far as you know.
0: You, yeah, as far like, turned out in our on our case, on our end, to be good to for us, like, theoretically. He didn't a, kill us on sight. As of now. Yeah, for now. Like, he, like, like, us talking to him, right? Like, he could have talked to us like, like like a bad guy can also evil monologue can monologue about being evil and doing evil things to the party and it's just mm-hmm. i don't think it's right to expect the party to sit there and just accept yeah. it like 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 if the if the bad guy's like if the bad guy's like, af- like, like 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 it's one thing to be like after i kill you i'm going to go destroy that village like that's all he says you know like yeah, your players not going to react in time for him to to interrupt him in one sentence, but if your player, if your guys like after I kill you, I'm gonna destroy that village, and then after the village, I'm gonna go dis- I'm gonna go destroy the town on the street. And after the town on the street, I'm gonna take over the world. And like like by the time you get like five sentences in, like if he keeps talking about doing bad shit, your players aren't get, like it's not expect it's not a two way street anymore of expecting your players to just, well, just, if, like, just open their if ears. If I did this, then
2: I I apologize. No no but I, like, you did. I, I was trying I was trying to like because <laughs> like, I also asked questions in the I tried to break it up by including guys into the discussion by, like, oh, any soldiers in your bunch, blah, 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 blah. And I literally looked straight at Connor, because I know he's a soldier, and he's just, like, crickets. And I was like, okay. Like, the, I'm just saying, <laughs> just like, shoot your arrow at me now. Like, in my opinion,
0: in the games I run, I, you guys run different games, that's perfectly fine. I'm not saying your guys' way is wrong. Or
4: anything. Like, I was in making my fun opinion, of us! In my Get opinion,
0: there, in my opinion like, like, there needs to be a reason for things to happen. Like, like things happening need to have... Like solid reasoning behind it, like finding stuff in a place or finding like yeah like like stuff in a place, like arrangement of furniture or arrangement of a building, like like things need to be mm-hmm. the way they are for a reason. Like yeah. nobody like a bridge I over water that. is built here, not further down, not further up, uh, because here's maybe the thinnest or here's the less current, so the bridge can withstand the water or stuff like that. So like like whenever I write campaigns, I rate them more um, realistically, over. Uh, like I write them more realistically, so like I've had ba- I've had bad guys monologue from being up on a tower, like like Lord Farquaad looking down on Shrek when he's in the pen with all the other knights. Farquaad. I've had oh, I've had illusion big bad evil guys. I've had big bad evil guys servants that that say final messages before they're killed while being interrogated, like 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 oh you'll never catch him, and then they, my my party just kills him. Like 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 what do you know oh oh the, you'll never get away from him he'll kill you in the end and just stab. Like I've had that happen. I've had my big bad guy's monologue when they've had the player when they've had the parties in shackles. Like the, the big bad guy captured the party and monologued to them in a prison, or captured the part, or 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 beat the party up so bad to leave them bleeding on the ground and monologued over them as like a kick in the nuts. Like I've had all that happen, and it all made sense because he could do that without the players having any like chance to like. There's no there's no way the players can actually interfere with that, so it makes sense. Like, I, I, I would hate, like, like I just don't see the point in letting a big, bad evil guy that killed the, the family of one of the players get a minute to talk. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But you guys are arguing. I don't
2: for... interrupt players when they go off on tangents about shit.
0: Like, we, I well, let them talk. We, we don't go off on tangents about shit to the big bad evil guy. The big bad evil guy should interrupt us. You could and he... I would fucking love I, it. I would.
1: I would have if I had but the like, opportunity. Why, I would absolutely
0: why, love it. Why would he listen? That's what I'm saying. Like, why does he give a shit?
2: Why? Well, that that guy specifically would have listened because he's he's a okay. big talker. He's a conversation guy. Okay, he that's fine. To, like, he he loves it.
0: But, like, but like a, a, an evil dude who literally just wants to take over the world. Why the fuck would he listen to oh, Yeah, that's to, why I don't like making five, one-dimensional to characters. I think they're stupid. I think
2: dudes. that stereotypical BBEG who's just like, I'm evil, ha-ha, <laughs> 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 is dumb.
3: Like I think that. Tyler's point is that if you create a character and they have to do things for a reason, they have to monologue for a reason, or they have to listen to you monologue for a reason. They can't like, just yeah. be a character and then they just monologue because they do. And, because, and they just listen to monologue because they do Like I, don't, I, I haven't made characters quite yet that will monologue Like I don't think any of my characters have monologues, the only information you guys get out of them is when you ask questions from them yeah. like, and I kind of like that better because it kind of gives you that give and take but then you get that issue where if you allow the players to just ask questions to get their information then sometimes they never ask the fucking right questions and they just never get the right information
0: <laughs> Then you have to facilitate giving it in another way, yeah. or remind them. And which which you I've do, been trying. So you reminded Dan about the book.
3: Yeah, and that's like, exactly what I've been trying to do. And like you guys do it other ways, like uh, casting Speak with Dead, and like that
0: was phenomenal. You guys got a shit ton of information I that way. With like I, I agree that, like Larry, your characters are more political. They're less black and white. They are more political. Like they they are they are more political <laughs> characters with their. Own, I think I'm just with like their own. I think I'm just biased in
2: way. that way. I love that like political yeah, dialogue. Own, like, maybe I should yeah. just. Like okay. twisted,
0: skewed, mo- like 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 uh, views of the world, where it's not completely evil, but it's not completely good. They have like this gray area where they can agree or can disagree with certain things, but other things they they mm. do the opposite with. But like there are there there are things out there that are just bad. Like there yeah, are no, bad that. things out there. There will be bad people. It's
2: just how do I convey that gray? If not given a chance, like, like how do I break that black and white like, trope? If you just shoot, well, you like I
0: wouldn't idiots. have killed that guy. I would have told the party not to kill that guy, because he's the one that captured the archer yeah. We need to figure out why. Why do you like why? like, mm-hmm. how, like why are these undead here? Why did he capture the archdruid? Like 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 we still might have gotten the monologue just through a different way. Like yeah. like like if we if we if we beat your character to near death and then captured him and then asked him and then he monologued i would have listened because he's he's saying he's saying useful he's saying useful stuff that now i want to know but like you, it, yeah, it's but long if you beat the expect.
2: fuck out of him maybe he's not as willing to talk cuz you just tried to kill him what's he has to lose now his life yeah other, we're sparing you know? his life you you but you you he doesn't want his life but maybe, you, you made the argument, maybe he just but like,
0: but like he he chose the only way to get out of the situation is talking yeah. so why did that change over the course of beating him up why why doesn't he still want to get out of the situation you know what I mean? Eh, good point. Yeah, like like if I want to get out of the situation while well, I'm standing here healthy, I still want to get out of the situation whenever I'm beaten down. I just want to get out. <laughs> yeah. You're just you're just maybe a little bit more salty of handing over the information than you want, yeah, uh, like, less beating like, up. Yeah, he'd like you a little less. Yeah. Like 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 we could have taken the big evil guy back to the elves, and the elves could have interrogated him, or we could interrogate him in front of them, and then maybe there would have been a mutual bond forming in that moment. Maybe maybe like you know, like, like the once Viper they figure out that they have they're the same goals. A... K-Low. Like like I'm just saying that that like that, like it doesn't it just does not make sense yeah. to expect players to just sit there like like yes thematically and storytelling it's great you know like but like I give their like I personally prefer a reason f- to to sit there whether they're whether the players beaten down or the heroes beat or the villains beaten down whether the players are in chains or the players have no way to reach the big bad evil guy
4: or like through an illusion if you're in chains you can geography. still
2: keep talking you know <laughs> like you can just be like just interrupting while you're in chains I yeah. guess there's really no reason to, to there's no way to stop it completely
0: yeah I don't know that, that's just the way I play Yes, yeah.
2: I prefer there to yeah, be a reason I...
0: behind everything and like I definitely would have gotten that information out of him one way or another because I would not have wanted to kill him I would have told the party not to kill him
3: hey guys thanks for uh, joining our monologue on our dislikes of the 5e rules and other aspects of the game um. Make sure to uh, check out our Twitter at Dudes and Drinks, uh, and keep an eye out for the next episode. Thanks for joining.